All right, we are live. We are live, and I am Charles Epting from HR Harmer in New York City. I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is uh, Conversations with Philatelists Emergency Livestream. <laughs> um, no, so, so normally our live streams are on Fridays. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, Michael, you have some big personal news. Would you like to share? Yeah, uh, my wife and I are closing on our first house at exactly the time we're supposed to be doing the live stream. So, <laughs> so Michael um, and I yeah. both bought homes within like three months of each other. Yeah, yeah, which is which is awesome. So, yeah. uh, so, so that was part of why we're doing this on Thursday. The other thing was we were trying to do an emergency live stream uh, yeah. yesterday on Twitter, although the technology was not in our favor <laughs> uh, because there was the, uh, uh, a big news announcement this week. This is. Yes. Um, this is, uh, again, this will send ripples to the philatelic community. The Collectors Club of New York, mm -hmm. also known as the Collectors Club, uh, announced their intention to uh, explore. Uh, you know, I don't use definitives because nothing is set in stone yet, but they are exploring the possibility of selling their clubhouse mm -hmm. located at 22 East 35th Street. Um, you and I were just going to talk about this, the Our two shows. of us. Yeah. But we uh, have a, a, a wonderful uh, surprise guest to join us. Yeah. Uh, in the president of the Collectors Club himself, Lawrence Haber, who has joined us before. Yeah. And is uh, is is uh, very graciously joining us today to discuss this news that's not even forty eight hours old yet. Yeah. So um, without further ado, why don't you say we? What do you say we just bring Larry in and, yeah. and go from Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Here we go. It worked. Hi. Uh, I feel so much better. It's kind of um, peculiar being in holding tank. We're we're very glad to have you, Larry. Thank you so much thank for joining so much. us and on uh, and on such short notice. Sure. As I said, I have nothing else to do. Well, I mentioned briefly in the intro, and and yeah, you've seen me, I'm sure, tweeting about it the last couple of days. But the Collectors Club made a, a fairly large announcement on uh, on tuesday evening do you want to um uh just tell people briefly again i, I was sort of hedging when i described it because nothing is set in stone yet there's no, no. uh you know there, there, it's no. not like a, a decision has been made but this is sort of uh the, the of a um of a process it seems yeah it, it is um what we what we announced on uh tuesday evening um was that we have uh decided to list our clubhouse at 22 East 35th Street in Manhattan for sale, where we are using one of the leading real estate brokers um, in the country. Um, this is a listing, hmm. it's not a sale. Our board uh, agreed to list it, but not yet to sell it. In order to sell the property, aside from the minor fact that we need a willing buyer and we have to agree terms, we also have to do a thorough job in dimensioning our future home. Hmm. And it's really, really important here that we don't describe this as the Collectors Club is selling their building. That's really not the case. We are endeavoring to evaluate whether we can move. Okay. So the goal is, if everything were to work, that we would move from one location, 22 East 35th, 
to some other location that we have not yet selected. In order to select that new home, we need to do a certain amount of what we could call staff work. How many square feet do we need? What are the exact detailed attributes of the layout in the site? And there are some things that we know we need to have in place, otherwise it isn't gonna work. We want to have 24 seven easy turnkey access. Um, we want to have full accessibility for our um, mobility challenged visitors. In other words, we want to be ADA compliant. Let me explain why that's an issue. You guys are young, mobile folk. You come to the Collectors Club. You don't even realize it that to get to the door, you have to go over steps. Hmm. And if you're in a wheelchair or if you have trouble, those steps are an impediment. So you might say, why don't you put up a ramp? Can't do it. We're a landmark location. The facade of the building is landmarked. Can't do it. The building is a magnificent jewel that was designed by Stanford White. It's magnificent. Can't play with that because it's under New York City landmark jurisdiction. We'd have an incredibly difficult process to go through and it might very well fail. Can't hmm. even put up a handrail. Next, let's imagine that you manage to drag yourself over into the front door, take a few steps. And if you recall, you are then confronted with a half light of beautiful, beautiful marble steps. How are you gonna get up that? Continue further. On the left, there's a nice elevator. On the right, a fabulous, beautiful, breathtaking staircase. We want people to be able to get in and out of our facility with ease and with dignity. And that's really, really important. Hmm. Now, if we continue our virtual tour in the building, after you've managed to get up those steps, the first thing you'll be confronted with if you continue to walk forward is our library. One of the finest philatelic libraries in the world. It's a gem, but it ain't the whole library. You need a journal down in the basement. You want an auction catalog? You have to go up to the third floor and it's in the back. Hmm. You want one of the rare books that we have? It's up in the third floor in the front. So we've got a library that's spread out over a building. Is this a way to run a railroad? I don't think so. Can we bring it together in one location, one spot, so that you don't have to go running around when you're sitting down and doing your philatelic research? We want to make absolutely certain that the new location 
is an inviting destination for visitors, both from in town and out of town. I very much want people who from out of town, let's say you're visiting from Michigan and you're coming to New York because once everything clear, clears up, you wanna take in some shows, do some shopping. And let's just imagine, I'll make something up. The wife decides she wants to go off and buy something and you don't wanna be with her and she doesn't want you with her because you're gonna, you're gonna slow it down. I want you to feel comfortable coming to the collector's club, sitting down, pulling a journal, reading it, getting yourself a cup of coffee and stuff like that. You can do that now. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to do that, have to do that, you know, in, in the future. We currently uh, accommodate large meetings for our meetings. We also have a lot of philatelic organization that use our, our location as a meeting place. That's gotta continue. We also make the space available for a modest fee to auction firms to use it for an auction for a viewing. We need to have that. That's what we're about. Um, we also have certain issues about the maintenance and the regulatory environments, which seemingly changes every five minutes in the city of New York. Just the other day, um, Fire department came, went into our furnace room. And in the furnace room, there was a filing cabinet that had been there for at least 10 years. Hmm. Plus other things, they would, stuff was there for years and years and years. Inspection after inspection after inspection. You gotta get it out. And if you don't meet the timetable and get it done, the fines are 300 bucks a day. Recently, New requirement for us to install uh, carbon monoxide monitoring. We all agree. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> the The first bid we got on that was twenty five thousand hmm. dollars, and the monitoring every month was five hundred bucks. Now our dues for out of town members is ninety five. Have you done the math how many members we need in order to pay for that? Hmm. The idea, the concept is we can offload a lot of that to professionals to manage. We would pay some form of rent or common charges. Let other people manage that we're stamp collectors. When we're not in the business and we don't necessarily have a desire to get heavily into all these things and it diverts us from what we're really about. So that our board meetings become discussions about elevators mm -hmm. and carbon monoxide and stairs and how do we get the garbage thrown out and not about how we all work together to further develop this hobby, bring more people into it and get people more engaged in this hobby. Yeah. So I've got this great board, fabulous, fabulous people amongst the creme de la creme of philatelists in this country. And instead of talking about how we can help people get inspired 
and draw them closer to philately, we're talking about elevators. <laughs> well, and, and looking from a broader historical context as well, you, I, I, I may have my numbers slightly off, but I think you said in your email that this is the 10th home of the Collectors Club. Assuming that those nine, you know, that, the, not a, those nine existed in about the four decades before 22 yeah. East 35th. So we're looking at a couple of years per location, some longer, some shorter, obviously. But I know that the APS as well used to move from location to location uh, before, um, you know, before State College and Belfont became the, the home of it. So do you think this concept of the Collectors Club having a permanent home, you know, and, and, and you also said in the email that everybody alive today only remembers 22 East 35th. But do you think that this is sort of a um, uh, an unrealistic expectation that the club is going to have one home for hundreds and hundreds of years? Do you think that, um, you know, we could almost look to the early days of the club as a model going forward? Um, I, I think that what we have here is a very natural byproduct of having been in the same location for 80 plus years. Hmm. Now, I, I would point out that the Royal, that is the Royal Philatelic Society London, did very, very much the same thing just a few years ago. They had been uh, operating out of 41 Devonshire since some point in the 20s, and they moved. And I've been in touch with the Royal, and I talk with them, and we get along splendidly, and it's very collegial. When I was talking to them about the issues that we have, it was like, and when they talked about their issues, it's like I was talking to myself. Hmm. The reality is that when we selected the building, it was in 1936. Yeah. It's a long time ago. The technology in the building, the way the building is set up, the layout of the building, our requirements. Let me ask you another question. If I were to ask you clean piece of paper and you were looking for a home for the, for the collector's club, would you pick 22 East 35th? I'm not sure you would. Hmm. We agree it's beautiful. We agree. We love it. We agree that Stanford White is brilliant. No argument there. No. But is it functional? in the context of the requirements that we have today in the year 2021. Yeah. I would say it, it's got some challenges. That beautiful staircase means that the space is heavily divided in the middle of the floor plate. Getting contiguous space is almost impossible. It means up and down stairs. It means things have to be put into places. In 36-37, this suited their requirements at that time. The library was smaller. They also, I would mention, had a billiard table in the building. They also had bridge tables. The hours of the club ran from 2 until midnight. <laughs> but if no members were around at 11, the staff could go home. Is that how we use the club now? Hmm. <laughs> we use the club now 
to have our meetings. We use the club now to host groups like the New York chapter of the Classic Society or the New York chapter of the ARA. We use the club now so that firms like H.R. Harmer can hold viewings and auctions. Um, I haven't seen a billiard table recently. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, we'll have to work <laughs> on that. So I, I think it's a natural sort of thing. And that if you had bought your home, your personal home, in the mid-30s, um, I dare say it would have to be significantly changed in order to keep pace with the requirements that we have today mm -hmm. in the first quarter of the 21st century. Yeah. Same thing here. So going forward, does the board need to agree on a new location before a decision can be made to sell the current location? Um, we're going to explore that. It's very, very clear that we have to put out a very credible plan of what we're looking to do. Mm -hmm. Space planning, estimations of uh, the floor space that we need. And from people from outside of New York who don't know otherwise, there's this huge differential between usable square feet and rentable square feet, <laughs> um, which only those who initiated into this bizarre world. Um, there is also the opportunity for lag time. We do not go agree a price and the transaction then yeah. completes and you move 30 days later. In other words, you agree a price and then an entire sequence of events takes over, not the least of which is an agreement for when we would need to vacate. So we have mm -hmm. flexibility there. Yeah. We don't want to do anything in a panic. Mm -hmm. We want to be very controlled, very organized, and we want to make certain that the work gets done. Um, we are already starting work to move the other issues forward with regard to the new home. It is very, very clear that if we were to get an offer today, I cannot imagine the board approving our acceptance of that offer because we haven't done the work that needs to be done, right. such as what our requirements are in detail, what a potential layout would be, how we would fit it out, what it would look like and such. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a problem finding a good home because we're talking about space in Midtown Manhattan between Penn Station and Grand Central. We have to be between there, right? Okay. There's a tremendous availability of space options in that, in that area. And my little analogy is, can you find space there? Yeah. It's about as likely that we can find space there as you could find corn in Iowa. We're talking about Midtown Manhattan. I don't think it'll be a problem, but we've passed the point where I can just say it won't be a problem. We have work to do. And in addition to um, agreeing to um, list the building, the, the, the board authorized me to move forward in terms of engaging with real estate professionals 
as we move forward in terms of the planning, the space planning and architectural work that would be need to be done. Okay. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering uh, sort of what the timeline is. And I asked you about this and I realized that we can't, you know, predict any of it, but, you know, if, if, if things move forward, is there a range, you know, if somebody wants to visit 22 East 35th, just to say they've been there, you know, realistically, what are we, what are we looking at here? Probably I would, I would hope sometime around the end of 2022. This stuff, this stuff takes time. It takes time. So it's not like the, the moving truck is going to show up next week. Um, it's going to take time. And, and look, let's make no mistake about it. Um, there's a lot of affection for this building. Um, I'm a New Yorker. So my definition of a New Yorker is somebody who can walk around Fifth Avenue or Sixth Avenue in the 40s and 50s and doesn't look up. Okay, that's me. I don't do that. <laughs> so I was very used to the building. Because of the pandemic, I hadn't been there for a while. The first time I got back in, I was on the second floor, the reception area with that bay window, that white design. The light comes in, it's northern exposure. You know, it's breathtaking. Um, this isn't easy. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, we wake up in the morning and say, like, how do we ruin everybody's breakfast? It isn't easy, but we also have to be responsible. And as much as we have a fondness for the, for the building, um, we need to move forward. Um, personally speaking, at a particular stage, when I first started to get involved, I would have said, and some people might say that the building defines the club. And I disagree with that. It's the members who define this club. When I walk into the building, and you know that wall that shows the past presidents, they're the people who define the club. And the people who come and visit us, the meetings not, they are the people who define the club. And the people who are scattered across the United States, North America, and around the world who are members, they define the club. Um, we have a lot of affection, we have a lot of regard, but it's the people that really define the place. And um, we very much are looking for a location that when you walk into, it'll put a smile on everyone's face. To do otherwise would be, in my view, to betray the trust that the members have placed into us. Okay. I, I do hope that Michael and I have an opportunity to do an episode if it's all right with you guys to do a walkthrough of 22 yeah. East 35th to capture it as it is as the home of the club. And then we'll uh, do a, a counterpart episode in the new location someday, but sure. we'd love to, uh, we, we'd love to do something like that. My last question for you, Larry, something I was thinking about, uh, you've had the philatelic foundation as a, a tenant of the building for several years now. 
what is that uh, uh, you know relationship like? And has there been any thought of whether the the PF might find a home uh, wherever the the foundation uh, wherever the collectors club moves to? Well, I, I mean, the PF is very dear to us. Um, they are within the realm of philatelic organizations. I can't think of anyone that is closer to us. Um, if you go into the origins of the Collectors Club and the origins of the Philatelic Foundation, quite frankly, they sprung forth from the same set of loins. <laughs> um, the, the, the founders, and, and, and that has always been. Um, so, you know, that, that may be something that was back then, but that continues to this day. We have a board of um, 15. And sitting on our board is the president of the PF and one, two, three members of their board. Um, so there's people on both boards. Uh, you go to most shows. So for example, next week we'll be out in uh, Westpex. I think that they're having their own table, but we may be sharing a table with them. And I guarantee you, at gas, I'll be sitting next to Larry Lyons, who's the executive director of the PF. So in terms of closeness, uh, that's what we're about. Um, the PF is fully up to speed with what we're doing. I've had very direct open conversations with the president of the PF, who was sitting on our board, so he certainly knows. Um, and and it's, it really is up to them. We're delighted. They need to make a decision. We can only say that we are delighted to work with them in any way that we can work with them, because that's what we're about. At the end of the day, we share the same goals. We want to further this hobby. But they, 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 they have some decisions ahead of them. And it's early enough that you know we can accommodate whatever that decision may be. Perfect. Well, I mean, it sounds like everybody's taking this very seriously and doing their due diligence to make sure that, that everything ends up the way that everybody's happy with relatively speaking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. And um, and if not, then, you know, I think our, our board would say stop. Mm -hmm. And you need to go back and you need to work harder. Because this isn't acceptable. Okay. So the board did not authorize a listing and a sale given a set of prices and terms. They yeah. just approved a listing and you know we uh, um, we know that in order to progress forward the things that I'm saying have to happen which some may feel are aspirational need to move from the realm of aspirational to having been done in terms of planning and really sensing what's out there uh, uh, otherwise, um, you know, the, the board will say stop. And, and I think that's the way it ought to be. And, um, you know, 
personally, I'm fine with that because that's the way it should be. You know, we, we are the inheritors of a tremendous legacy and we have to be very mindful of that. And, um, and, and, and to see this through properly, we, we, we have a jewel. The jewel is not the building. The jewel is this club, 125 years of it. That's the jewel. Hmm. And that's what I'm absolutely uh, determined uh, to not only preserve, but to build and to make a better club for our members across the world. Larry, again, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us on such short notice. Again, yeah. we got the news. I got a couple of text messages Tuesday night and uh, receiving a call from you yesterday and, and your quick agreement to appear with us. I hope that we can continue to keep people updated and informed as the uh, uh, process moves along. But the last, last thing, let's end on a, a less somber note. <laughs> um, what can people expect from the Collectors Club in the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months? What's on the agenda off the top of your head? Uh, that's coming up uh, online or in person or, or you know, what, what's what's new? Okay. Um, you know, we have our programs. Uh, we just did one last night. It feels like I do one every night. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, <laughs> but that's the way I feel. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our um, um, virtual programs as we have been since April. 2020, basically every other week with some that have been inserted. So uh, we just did a fabulous program on uh, Anglo-French uh, philately, great stuff. In two weeks, we're doing the overrun countries stamp series, you know, the US series in mm -hmm. the middle of the war, those beautiful stamps, aren't those? Mm. So that, that continues. Um, Next week, uh, some of us are flying out to San Francisco. Some of us are flying up from elsewhere and we're gonna be at Westpac. And uh, I'm also trudging along uh, my infamous 1909 exhibit. And I'm gonna be making book on whether or not I break 69 points on that sucker. Um, we are then gonna be in gas. And before gas really starts on Wednesday, we have a dinner um that people can attend for a modest amount of money um as we go into the fall uh the programming continues online uh, november 11th i think it is we have our uh single frame competition following day um we have a celebrate celebratory dinner uh, at the Harvard Club for the 125th anniversary of the club, the 100th anniversary of our journal, and also honoring three gentlemen who have been awarded the Lichtenstein Award. Um, in January, I'm anticipating we will begin offering programs in the clubhouse. Hmm. Yeah. I expect that they will be live streamed and we will record them and post them. And we are intending to continue with our virtual programming as we have every other week. So it looks like we're gonna be doing three programs a month. So we'll be you know, busy boys.
and girls. Um, you know, so we're also going to try to be out there more in more of the clubs than we have been, because in addition to gas, um, we'll be there um, at uh, Chicago PEX in November. We're still working out the details of that with the folks over in Chicago. Um, some of us are going to be down at NAPEX. And if people who don't know NOJEX, um, which is northern New Jersey, is probably the closest thing that we have to our regular show. Hmm. And a lot of us do that. Um, I can also give you some news that we haven't generally announced. We have a book in preparation on uh, New York City foreign mail uh, that is being written by Nick Kirk. I heard rumors about this book. Uh, ain't a rumor, uh, <laughs> but you pulled it out of me. Um, it's, uh, you know, just fabulous uh, topic. Uh, we think it's going to become a required item in everybody's bookshelf. Um, it'll probably hit the street sometime in the latter part of 2022, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you would have heard some rumors about that, probably because Nick tells everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're doing that. So we're very, very pleased to do that. And we haven't done that um, within memory. We have offered books before, but those were basically handed over to us completely done. This we were involved at the very beginning. Uh, we've engaged a, an editor and we're working with the editor and, and Nick. And so we're, we're, we're doing that. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's that. Um, you know, um, we had an open house in the club uh, in June. Very nicely attended. Uh, if anybody wants some free eats, we are going to have a uh, governor's open house in December. That's Christmas thing. We, we, we try to make sure we feed people. <laughs> well, again, this all sounds fantastic. I, I, more than anything, I want to thank you. I'll also mention Matthew Healy said it's the 10th and 11th for the um, uh, November 10th and 11th for the okay. single frame. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, the I'm, I'm slightly dyslectic with names and numbers <laughs> and things like that. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly be there for that. But but again, thank you for uh, for joining us on short notice. Big news, but but I think ultimately a positive uh, de development for the hobby. I think yeah. that um you know I, I think that you the royal set a good example. If they could pull it off so seamlessly and successfully, uh, who's to say the collectors club can't? Oh, we will. There's no other. You know, failure is not an option. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we'll see you at Westpex next week. Yeah. No, I can't wait. <laughs> I just can't wait. Neither can we. So, by the way, if you want to participate in my pool, my, 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 um, my, my, my little uh, pool here about whether or not I get 69 points or more, let me know. <laughs> I'll send you an email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you take care. Thanks you so too. much, Larry. Sure, bye-bye. Bye. Great. Wow.
that was, is, uh, this has been my, uh, I don't want to say my favorite live stream because I've liked them all, but this is an yeah. important one. Again, this is yeah. breaking news. There's a lot of other news to cover. I kind of feel like we should postpone yeah. um, and maybe just tweet about it for the next week. But uh, last night, Siegel announced a, a huge round of sales, including Gordon Eubanks, uh, 1851 Imperfs, uh, Arthur Prisbull, uh, Civil War Adversity covers, and... One oh, other, I, I got it. Yeah, I got it right here. Um, Scarsdale collection, Scarsdale collection of Canada, <clears throat> yeah, and provinces. Um, Arthur's and Gordon's collections obviously, uh, were the one that's why I couldn't remember. <laughs> that's where, <laughs> where my mind is at. But uh, again, there's a lot of other news going on. Yeah, I would like to cover it, but I feel like this live stream was important mm -hmm. uh, again to have Larry on to clarify some things about the collector's club. Yeah, you can only put so much in an email versus a half hour conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. this is one of those cases where you really want to get someone on the phone or, or on camera. Yeah, absolutely. so uh, huge thank you to Larry and uh. Michael, what do you say? I think that that about does I, it for this. That, that about does it. I was only going to mention that the um, the vacuum cleaner Jenny sold for one eighty five. I didn't even see what it sold for. One hundred eighty five thousand. So yeah, one hundred eighty five for the vacuum cleaner Jenny. That yeah. is uh, that is fantastic. And there's another Jenny position three coming up in in Arthur Prisbell's sale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no no shortage of Jennies this year. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone who participated in the comments. I yeah. saw some people uh, making friends in there, which I really like. I didn't and, even, uh, I can't even get the comments on my oh, I, I see them here yep, oh dear. i make my screen okay. <laughs> i make my screen half size and then i watch the comments out of the corner of my eye to make sure we don't yeah. miss anything so uh thank you to everyone commenting uh and and michael this was a little i'm not sure fun's the right word again it's a bittersweet yeah experience with the club but talking to larry about it i think uh it's... gives me a fantastic to know it's in the right hands and that they're, yeah. they're being so cautious and so I, the, careful the, the board of the collectors club uh yeah. just power to them and yeah. uh they've got our our support and our interest and we'll uh we'll keep people updated yeah absolutely until um <laughs> until next time we'll uh we'll, yeah, we'll be next back time. next week with uh with westpec's coverage yes yeah looking so. forward to that we're yeah we're going to be live streaming our next From, live stream will be in san Westpac's. francisco yeah and we'll have we'll other try. great content before and after and during yeah. and all that good stuff yeah. from Westpac. So, Michael, as always, this was fun, and uh, yeah. we'll talk real soon. Yeah, absolutely. See you next time.